Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Along with me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We are here to preview a UFC fight night. Jessica Andrade against Aaron Blanchfield. But before we do that, this is a okay card. Uh, before we do that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. How about last weekend? How about UFC 284? Volkanovski, Islam Makachev, like it was, I thought it was a, it lived up to the hype. I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was a great main event. I want to see another one of those fights. I want to see a rematch between those two. I thought Volk won at the end. I thought he was winning at the end. I thought if that would have gone six rounds, Volk wins in the sixth round because he turned it on in the in the fifth round and made that into a great fight. I think you could have 10 people watch that fight and there'd be 10 different opinions and 10 different scores. That's basically when you take a survey of, of who watched that fight, re-watching that fight, how you scored it. So I've got no problem with Islam Makachev winning the fight. I've got no, him, no problem with him winning three rounds to two, four rounds to one. But I also got no problem with what you just said, that Volkanovski could have been declared the winner. It was the pound-for-pound pound, number one versus number two fight. Mm-hmm. It was handicapped incorrectly, so I'm still proud of the fact that we touted you got to bet Volkanovski at plus 300, plus 290. There were opportunities for him to win. Oh, yeah. uh, if they rematch, it'll be certainly a lot closer. But at the end of the day, it was Islam Makachev's wrestling and size that I think were the fundamental difference between the two. And we talked about the challenge of a guy going up in weight. It's a lot different fighting at 145 than it is fighting at 155. Yeah, I mean, he had opportunities, and I think that especially there towards the end, I probably would have done it 3-2. to two. I thought Volk won the first round and the, and the fifth round. Those are the two I thought that he won. And it's the thing. like if I think the general consensus was the swing rounds were 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. no, but one... Isla Makachev clearly winning round one, oh, really? and Volkanovski clearly winning round five. Yeah, yeah. So, so he had opportunities, <laughs> but that's okay. Hopefully, we see a rematch, or if not, maybe Volk goes back down. Uh, it, I don't know what's going to go on with that. Uh, with that, and uh, another podcast recorded, and Bilal Muhammad does not have a fight. So we move on to. <laughs> He's the backup, though. Is he officially the backup? He's officially the backup. Oh, so they made him officially the backup now. Okay, I did not know that as the time of recording this yeah, on a so Friday. Yeah, so he just basically has to cut weight for nothing because I really doubt that Leon yeah. Edwards or Kamara Usman is going to fumble their opportunity to win welterweight gold. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's begin our preview of this UFC fight night. We'll start with the way that the main card starts here. Jim Miller against Alexander Hernandez. Alexander Hernandez minus 235. Uh, Jim Miller, 39 years old. He's got the most fights, he's got the most victories, and he enters this Saturday contest on a three-fight winning streak. Uh, And then Hernandez, the opposite, hasn't been fighting really well as of late. He likes to start really fast, but his pace and uh, his defense might be what gets him here. But he is a big favorite here at minus 235. Yeah, and I think it's odd. I think that the line on this is, is a little bit mispriced. Jim Miller's awesome. How could you not like Jim Miller? He's the type of dude that you want to have some beers with. He's the old man at the YMCA basketball game you want on your team because he still gets it done. He might not have the same athleticism that he did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But look, the dude still won three fights in a row. He's crazy. He wants to fight at UFC 300. He fought on the card at 200, and he fought at the card at 100. And he is steadfast in his approach to competing on that card. And look, who's going to argue against it? Brazilian jiu-jitsu, black belt. Tough as nails, 
actually been knocking people out. But I think there's a little bit of a caveat to that because the opponents that he's been knocking out were Donald Cowboy Cerrone, a shot-born Cowboy Cerrone, and then two guys that aren't in the UFC. He's not going to want to try and do that with Alexander Hernandez. He's going to want to take Alexander Hernandez into deep waters. Hernandez, on the other part, like as you just alluded to, struggles a little bit with his cardio, uh, has lost two fights in a row. The last one was against uh, Billy Q at featherweight. He looked great in the first round and then struggled out of the gate. I think if you play this fight, the more opportunity is for Jim Miller. He's done it multiple times before. I think being worried about the knockout is not an issue. Jim Miller has not been knocked out in quite some time. Uh, and he's been taking on some, some thumpers, some heavy hitters. He's going to be the better grappler, the better guy on the ground, and he's going to obviously have the cardio. The issue that you have is that Alexander Hernandez is a house of fire for a round and a half. He's the bigger fighter, the more athletic fighter, the younger fighter. I don't have a play on this fight, but my recommendation would be Jim Miller because he's he's going off at plus 190, plus 195. He's got more ways to win. He's on a win streak. Alexander Hernandez is also taking this fight on short notice. So for me, Jim Miller is the play uh, straight up on the money line. If you want to get cute, obviously I think looking at submission is probably more the likelihood scenario than a knockout. Don't get caught uh, you know, in the headlights of, of Jim Miller knocking out the last couple guys he's fought. So if we look at a method of victory here, uh, obviously Vegas believes that Hernandez is going to win the fight. They think that Hernandez by knockout is the most likely scenario at plus 125. Hernandez by points is plus 290. And then Jim Miller by submission, like you mentioned, is third best at plus 500. And then by points is plus 600. So if you think that Jim Miller is going to win, obviously he's plus 186 right now, plus 190. So maybe just a little sprinkle on Jim Miller just to get the card going there uh, as this main card starts on Saturday night because Jim Miller by knockout is nine and a half to one and Alexander by submission is uh 15 I, to I just one. I just think what we're gonna see is is likely Hernandez tire Hernandez is gonna tire taking this fight on short notice pick, picking up at the pace of Jim Miller and at some point Jim Miller is gonna be able to get the back and 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 get a tap out I mean the dude submits guys he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt for a reason he he submitted Charles Oliveira Years ago, I think when Charles made his debut or was one fight into the UFC, but still, he, he submitted the Bronx. So uh, I think, yes, if you have to have a play and it has to be a particular prop, it's Jim Miller at those 3-1 to one odds to him to win via submission. All right, our next fight, William Knight minus 125 against Marcin Procneo. Uh He is plus 105 here. These are light heavyweight fighters that like to end things uh, pretty quickly here. Uh, Knight needs to bounce back after going back to light heavyweight. Uh, uh, and Procneo needs to uh, try to hand uh, his th- Knight his third consecutive loss. So Knight coming in here on a two-fight losing streak. Procneo here, the underdog at plus 105, but this is something that I'm, I'm looking... Uh, if I know Jordan, he's going inside the distance. You don't I, know me well. Wow! You don't know really? me well. Yeah, look, and I get it. Like, William Knight's a finisher. Nine of his nine of his 11 wins have come by knockout. Uh, Procneo as well, a guy that likes to strike. He's a kickboxer and, and likes to get it done that way. But I think... The combination of what I've seen over the last two fights from William Knight where he has struggled with weight. Uh, he missed badly in a light heavyweight fight two fights ago where it had to be contested at heavyweight because it was the biggest miss in UFC history. He missed weight by like 11 pounds. Something was going on. He looked fine on the scale uh, Yes, on a Friday afternoon, so no problem there. But I think there's going to be a lot of patience in, involved in this fight. William Knight's going to rely maybe a little bit on his wrestling. Procneo's going to rely on his striking, in particular his leg kicks. So I think the – oh, here, I'll say this. The over 
one and a half, but the under two and a half. So I, I'm, I could probably play a combination of both. I think the fight will go past what a lot of people anticipate being a quick finish, but I do believe there will be a finish at some point. Either William Knight lands one of his bombs. So that's inside the distance. I'm right. Oh, you are right. I wasn't paying I attention. Know to you. I oh, thought, thank I thought you. it was under a two thank and a half. You. I thought, I, I thought you paid attention saying for 20 minutes of a podcast. Come on. I said hard. inside the distance. It's hard. You are right. Inside the distance is certainly, uh, yes, with, with both these guys, particularly because, you know, Procneo, too, has some very odd defense. Uh, I think we've talked about his defense before on the podcast. Likes to walk towards his fighter, his opponent, with his hands down. That's not good. It's like not going to work. The first rule of Fight Club. Like, well, the second rule of Fight Club, yeah. It's literally like he's in the professional slap league, yeah. uh, and but he's in an MMA fight. Ugh. It just doesn't work. But I think, again, both of these guys are in a precarious position. They need a win. Uh, William Knight in particular, you mentioned those two losses in a row to, to Maxime Grisham and, and Devin Clark. Hasn't looked great. Uh, he's going to be cautious, but I do believe someone will get finished in this fight. So if you uh, Vegas also believes that William Knight by knockout is plus 170. Uh, 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 Procneo is plus 230 by knockout. So everything else after that is way too high. So Vegas is with us in believing that this is going to end in a knockout. It's just a matter of who you're backing here. So your official pick on this fight is? I'm going to go William Knight Moneyline okay. and, o- and over one, one and a half. Over right. one and a half. I think Procneo is going to struggle with the power. William Knight looked good on the scale. No issues with the weight. Wrestling going to come into, into, into fruition. Smaller octagon at the apex. All those combinations lead me to the money line. William Knight. All right. So William Knight, money line minus 125. That is not bad odds uh, by any means. Our third fight, the big boys and some new boys here. How about that? I don't think I've ever said that. New boys. <laughs> but Josh Parisian uh, welcomes Jamal Pogues to the octagon for the first time. These are heavyweights and Pogues, the heavy favorite here. I have, speaking of heavyweights and a heavy favorite. Minus 265 for Pogues, and Parisian is plus 210. And uh, this, I mean, he's a big prospect. He's only 27 uh, in this heavyweight division, so he's younger for the heavyweight division because a lot of these heavyweights are on the older side. Uh, Parisian is is the bigger guy, more physically imposing, but Pogues has the edge in the athleticism and his speed and everything like that. So uh, for a guy being in the octagon for his first time, how do you see this fight going? Yeah, it's just like avoiding the, the either the big pop Power of, of Josh Parisian or uh, avoiding the wrestling game of, of Parisian and Pogue should be certainly fine. Obviously, as you alluded to, it's his UFC debut, but he's a volume striker. Uh, he can utilize a jab. He's got good cardio for a heavyweight. I, I think that this is a fight that you probably find something else to do. I just am not <laughs> expecting a lot of. I'm not expecting a lot of entertainment. I'm not, I'm not even safe to say that the the under is is a play here, especially, you know, with these heavyweights. I think it's lethargic. I think we're going to see, you know, I was actually handicapping it kind of the same way, as, and I was obviously very wrong with this. Justin Toff and Parker Porter last week, I thought Parker Porter was going to grind, you know, get it into the later rounds and win via kind of a, like a lethargic decision. I think we're going to see the same thing with Pogue. I think he's just going to stay out of trouble from Parisian, avoid the takedown, Utilize his jab, utilize his striking, and get a three-round unanimous decision, 30-27 or 29-28. Um, but UFC jitters, UFC debut, they're heavyweights, so not really a comfortable money line play on either guy, particularly Pogue being such a big favorite, all that, all that hype coming to him from the regional scene. So how about this then? A sprinkle on Pogue by points at plus 160. That's the uh, lowest odds on a method of victory. Then you've got Pogue's by uh, knockout is plus 250. Parisian by points is plus 500. Parisian by knockout is plus 600. Quite honestly, I don't, I don't 
like the risk there. I, I think it's more of a thing like, let's get Pogue into our parlay. I think he's going right. to win the fight. Right. I think it comes a variety of different ways. I'm not confident in it either way because Parisian's a guy that has been finished Pogues before. Pogue's in a parlay. Pogue's in a parlay, yeah. Let's, right. let's get some alliteration going because that's, I think, Parisian Pogue parlay. Boom. Well, how about this? How about our next fight, Zach Pauga, in the parlay as well because he is minus 290, Jordan Wright plus 225 in this one. This is at light heavyweight. Uh, Pauga is a is a recent tough finalist uh, in this co-main event, uh, and Wright's moving up. Uh, to the 205 ranks following a three-fight slide. He's 1-4 and four at middleweight, so he's moving up uh, right now um, in, in this uh, weight class here. So Paugas was on season 30, the ultimate fighter in the heavyweight division, so now this is at light heavyweight, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in this fight. But again, another P, Pauga... <laughs> Yeah, at, at he's going into our parlay. He's Look, going into the parlay. I was before before we jumped on here on the podcast. Uh, I was uh, talking with Tyler Aki, uh, you know, talking to each other about our weekends, and you know, he was asking, "So, how are the UFC fights this weekend?" And I just, and I reacted the same way as you, just said, eh, "There's fights this weekend." But the one thing I highlighted is the is the Beverly Hills Ninja, yeah, Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright is must watch TV. Absolutely, and not because he is the Beverly Hills Ninja, because literally he either gets knocked out in the first round or he knocks his opponent out in the first round. It very rarely is he going into the second round, and if he does go to the second round, that under still is very well, much in play. The reason under- you mentioned, I'll tell you this, Pauga by knockout is minus 150. Okay, yeah. Like, if you're talking about a method of victory at minus 150, like, this is not going to end well. Jordan Wright is a live by the sword, die by the sword. That's why he's also extremely entertaining. And you're right, Pauga, <laughs> you know, coming down in weight, obviously he competed a tough uh, on the heavyweight division. This fight will be at 205, his more natural weight class. He'll be the bigger fighter. And actually, Jordan Wright is an undersized light heavyweight. He's typically fighting at 185. I think that's the weight class that's more conducive to his skill set and his body type. But by Bottom line for me is is that either one of the guys is getting finished under one and a half for sure. The knockout is fine at a dollar fifty. I'll lay that as well because I think that will be the result. Jordan Wright's lights are going out again, uh, and then Pauga into that parlay of peas that we've got rolling at UFC Fight Night. All right, so we've got that parlay going right now. It's Pogues and Pauga in the parlay. I don't think we have any more peas uh, coming at least the, on, at least the on the main card. We'd have to look at the uh, some of the uh, the undercard here. But our main event, which is interesting here, it's Jessica Andrade against Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, the last time we saw Jessica Andrade was only 28 days ago. Uh, she fought at UFC 283. Uh, she beat Lauren Murphy in Rio de Janeiro uh, in at UFC 283. And the last time we saw Aaron Blanchfield, she was beating up Molly McCann. So Meatball Molly got the losses as we discussed. And uh, so Aaron Blanchfield now in this main event against Jessica Andrade taking this fight on short notice, only 28 days since her last fight. And she is the favorite here at minus 135. Aaron Blanchfield, the underdog at plus 110. So a lot of things going into this fight coming up. Two fighters that we've seen recently. How do you like this one in our main event? Yeah, it's 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 great that we get Jessica Andrade, you know, even though it's on short notice. Um, well, she's a fantastic fighter, former world champion, really only loses to the best of the best in either the strawweight or the flyweight division. Very compact fighter, a knockout puncher, good good takedown defense, not great takedown defense, but an absolute finisher as well. And this is a good test for Aaron Blanchfield, a very significant test. And I think, again, 
I'm not trying to pile on Molly Meatball McCann, but Molly Meatball McCann is not as good as advertised. So please take on us on the fact that the Blanchfield victory over her is good, but it's not great. She was expected to dominate that fight. Blanchfield, though, however, has not fought anybody ranked in the top 15. Now hasn't fought anybody ranked, in, obviously, then in the top 10. Now you're taking asking her to fight, completely change up her game plan. Uh, and take on a former world champion. There are paths to victory for Blanchfield, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, Jessica Andrade was not preparing for this fight, and now she's stepping up yeah. and, and taking this fight on short notice. But I think the combination of her of her size, her power, uh, and her experience going five rounds in championship fights, it's going to be enough for me to believe that Jessica Andrade can take this fight on short notice and beat Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield. I haven't seen enough yet out of Blanchfield to make me think that she is ready for this dramatic step up in competition, even though the paths to victory are clearly evident. Get the takedowns, control Jessica Andrade, take the power away from her, and grind out a win or get a, a late finish utilizing your cardio because you've been preparing for a five-round fight mm-hmm. against Italia Santos, who we know is very game. She went five rounds with Valentina Shevchenko not too long ago. Uh, so, you know, obviously the UFC extremely high in Aaron Blanchfield, but I think Jessica Andrade a little bit too much too soon for the young uh, fighter in Aaron Blanchfield. So I don't know this off the top of my head. Was um, Blanchfield the favorite or the underdog against Santos oh. when it was originally put out there? I don't mean to throw you off off guard. I just, just didn't trying know, to think if I, I could if, if Blanchfield went from the un, from the favorite to the underdog as soon as they as soon as Andrade was added to this fight. You know what I mean? I don't think it matters. I was just asking for curiosity. But so you're going with Andrade money line here minus one thirty four. While you look that up, if it doesn't even matter really, Andrade by knockout is plus one sixty five. Blanchfield by points is actually next at plus three ten. Do you think that having fought just twenty eight days ago with uh, in Andrade? Blanchfield has the upper hand as far as cardio goes for a five-round fight, which is why uh, Blanchfield by points is the next odds. Uh, the next. I, know, I, I just think that Blanchfield's Blanchfield's path is is takedowns and, and control. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't think that you know she's necessarily even though she had a very very impressive submission over Molly McCann uh, is, is that's the path that's going to lead her to victory. I think she's going to have to grind out a decision. Whereas. Look, I don't know how Lauren Murphy survived Jessica Andrade when they fought, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I mean, that was a bludgeoning three-round dominant performance by yeah. Jessica Andrade. So she really didn't take zero damage. So I'm not really worried about her, you know, coming back up off the couch, so to speak, and, and, and taking this fight. So uh, for me, I think it's it's just clear money line, Jessica Andrade. Right. Or if you want, then it's the KO. It's the KO victory because she by can't, she can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is our uh, main card right there. Just to recap real quick, Jim Miller at plus 190 if you want a little sprinkle. Just a little sprinkle. Night money line at minus 125 and the over in that fight at one and a half. And then Jessica Andrade money line minus 135. And sprinkle a little bit on her at, by knockout at plus 160. And then our parlay, we need a couple more uh, legs here. We've got the Pogues and the Pauga in the parlay here. Uh, at minus 265 and minus 290. Anything in the prelims that you like that we can throw in here? Well, I was looking at the peas because there are... No, actually, don't worry about that. Don't force the peas um, in there. Uh, Blaine, Blaine Silva. Um, Ira Blaine Silva over Ooh, Lena Landsberg. I mean, I mean, she's a huge favorite, so I, I, I like her okay. to, to, to win the fight. Uh, for sure, I think it's just multitude of ways to win. She's just a better uh, overall fighter. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's not, I can't trust All anything right. else. I like AJ Fletcher, but there's 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 issues that I have in in his fight. 
I love OSP, but you know he, that that fight's a toss up between him and Philip Lindsay. Actually, that that one would be worth not looking at the uh, the parlay. Just just OSP at plus plus one eighty plus one eighty because because Philip Philip Lins is not trustworthy either. Like okay. neither guy is trustworthy. It's OS, OSP. So or our parlay balls. our parlay is Pogues. You won't Pauga. bet on him. No, I won't. Uh, <laughs> Pogues Pauga and I don't care. It's money. I'll bet on it. Uh, Pogues Pauga and Silva at uh, that's our parlay. That three leg parlay play uh, pays. Uh, so many P's pays plus one twenty. Uh, for the three fight, that's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. That's not horrible. It's, okay. it's not great for three fights, but it's fine. I mean, look, Buena Silva is minus five twenty. Like we're not getting that much added value. Just adding Buena Silva in there added. It went from minus one eighteen to plus one twenty. So I mean, at least we got into the plus category. Yeah, don't I, force it. Yeah, no, plus I, I don't. See, that's the thing. That's, money. that's I mean, the other guy that I would like is is Akhabav, but you know he's twenty three and zero, but he's making his UFC debut. Like he hasn't fought anybody. It's all regional wins. And he's only a minus one thirty favorite against Jamal Amers, who's not great at all. So maybe you add him, but that's that, I don't know if there's too much that's risk fine. there. No, don't risk it. Bet a hundred, win hundred and twenty. Bet ten, win win twelve. Whatever you want to do. Exactly. That's how it goes there. So those are our picks. That is our P parlay for everybody that pays plus one twenty. If you're uh, keeping track, and I'm glad I have a mic cover on. Otherwise, this yeah, would have been a rough. This would have been a rough podcast uh, for the for the people Another listening. P. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. That's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Get all of his fic- his picks from the Fat Jack at Fat Jack Sports on Twitter. Make sure you sign up. Uh, he was hot during the Super Bowl, hit a bunch of props. Those were great. Uh, and now it's college basketball season is in full swing. And uh, you've got the NBA uh, All-Star break, but the NBA is coming back next week. But right now is the time to get in for college basketball season as we are a month away from Selection Sunday. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. <laughs>